Last week we were a little uh, philosophical, a little more philosophical. This week we're going to get pretty practical. And you may have seen in the weekly email that you would have known, you would know my sermon title if you read the email. And you would also know that we're having pulled pork, sweet potato fries, and green beans for dinner. So that's another reason to sign up for the email. So you know that our sermon title tonight is Daily Essentials for Living by Faith. I want to get really practical in talking about this. Something that I've been doing that's new in my life that I'm really enjoying is I, I'm starting to participate in triathlons. And it's really fun, but the part that scares me a lot is the swim. Um, I really like to swim if I'm in like a nice pool, but jumping in a lake with a hundred of my best friends wanting to like punch me in the face and stuff, it's kind of, it's kind of freaks me out. And uh, the last triathlon I did, I'm kind of a rookie, and so I just don't know what I'm doing half the time. I ran in and they shoot this gun and you all jump in the water, and I didn't have my goggles on tight enough, and so one of my goggles like flooded with water, and I'm also like more competitive than I should be sometimes, and so I just kept going, and I couldn't see where I was going. Um, and I have trouble when I'm swimming in the lake because there's no black line to follow. In the state of Indiana, every body of water is either green or brown, uh, not blue. And so you have no idea where you're going if you're just looking at the bottom. And so when I finally lifted my head out of the water, I realized I'm going like this direction, and everyone else is going that way. Um, so I eventually ended up letting the water out of my goggles, but this is an ongoing problem for me. Instead of having a straight line, I'm totally like zigzagging all over the place. And so I want to have like an adjustment in my time because I think I would be better if I could subtract those times, um, you know, from all the zigzagging. The reason I share that is I feel like that's a dynamic that I've had in life sometimes where I can kind of just put my head down and be like, I know where I'm going, I know what I want to do, and just like start plowing through. And then I eventually look up and I'm like, oh wow, I am absolutely heading in the wrong direction. Um, sometimes I don't realize that until like I slam into a wall or something uh, as a result of my lack of awareness of the way that I'm living. Have you ever found yourself in that kind of situation? One of those moments for me came about three years after I graduated college. My wife and I were living in Tennessee and I had been a grad assistant for the past two years doing some coaching. And when I finished, I was looking for my first coaching job and I was in that transition time where I was looking for a job, but also, you know, I was married, we were kind of a new, newly married couple, I need to make some cash. And so it was a tricky time. My wife was working and I was like, what can I do to make some money? Um, like every young man's dream, I decided I would sell insurance for a friend who had an insurance business. And I was the worst insurance salesman ever. I was so bad at it. I was so bad at it. I sold one policy, and I never even got the commission for it because the guy who was selling it was like, yeah, you made like $2, so we're just not even going to worry about it. Um, and so I eventually decided like, I should not keep trying to sell insurance because I'm spending way more gas money going to visit people and failing at selling them insurance than I'm actually making. And so I remember one day, I'm sitting at home, you know, as a 25-year-old man, married, thinking, God, like, I have got to make some money. I'm in, a, I'm in a bad place. Finding my identity in my career has always been a struggle for me. So when I had no career to find my identity in, Man, that was, that was a really bad place to be. And I remember one morning when my wife is off at work and I'm sitting at home thinking, I applied for like 30 jobs and like Joe Schmo University is not interested in me coaching for them. Well, God, like what's going to happen? Are you going to provide for us? 
Are you going, are you going to meet our needs? Or um, are we just going to be left out to dry here, God? What's going to happen? And I remember in that moment, as I was praying, realizing that this kind of authenticity that I'm coming with to God, sadly, is all too rare. I realized that my prayers had been very superficial, and most of my thought life was occupied by what do I need to do to make something happen? How can I work this out for myself? How can I find a job? What connections do I have in my network? What sites can I find on the internet to look for more jobs to apply for? Who can I call to open this door? I've been really thinking a lot about what Josiah can do, and I've been relying on God very little. In that time, the reality of my practical unfaith kind of hit me square between the eyes, because I was a very sincere follower of Jesus Christ. I knew that it was through faith in Christ, by God's grace, that he had saved me. I was, that was crystal clear in my mind. But in my day-to-day -day living, I was living a life based on self-reliance. I thought my life depended on me and what I could do to make for myself the life that I desired to live. And so I kind of processed that over the next few weeks. And I came to see that I was living in practical unfaith in my day-to-day -day life. And I don't think I'm alone in that struggle. I would imagine that each and every one of us wrestles with this in some regard because self-reliance comes really natural to us as human beings. Because of our sin, it's our default mode of operating to put ourselves at the center of the way that we view our lives. It's all about me and what I can do to make for myself the life that I want because it's so easy for me to make myself the idol of my life. I can wake up in the morning and think, God, what do I need to bring to the table today to make that life for myself that I desire to live? I've said it here before. Self-responsibility is a really good thing. Self-responsibility. We grow as adults. As we mature, we learn to take ownership over our circumstances. We take care of ourselves. We make our own decisions, but our problem is that we take that really good thing, self-responsibility, and make it an ultimate thing, which is self-reliance. But, you know, in our minds, this totally makes sense to us, because other people hurt us, right? We can't trust anyone fully. They've hurt us. We can't rely on anyone else completely. And, and God, we may believe in God, but we can't see Him. Faith by definition, is belief in what is unseen. So trusting God doesn't come naturally to us. It's counterintuitive. So we go with what we know. We rely on ourselves, don't we? We live as if we're the one on whom our existence hinges. We put ourselves in God's place, the place of the God who created us and sustained us. And so we act as if it's our job to create the lives we desire. We believe in God in our minds, but on a day-to-day -day basis, we live in practical unfaith. I want to share with you a passage of Scripture. This is Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8, and it displays this dichotomy between lives of faith and unfaith, uh, the life of self-reliance versus the life of faith in God. And so this is the prophet writing to the people of Judah here with a word of warning. He writes, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. 
They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. It's a lonely place to live. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water, that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and never fails to bear fruit. So this passage presents us with two characters. Do you see them there? The first character is the man of self-reliance. The person who trusts in man, who draws strength from his flesh, his heart turns away from God. That's not necessarily turning towards another God, but maybe turning towards himself, looking towards himself as God. And then the second character is this man of faith, the person who trusts in God and relies on him. In this prophecy, it shows us the fate of these two men. The first man, the man of self-reliance, he fails to flourish like a brown, dried-up bush in the desert. This sorry-looking bush that's not getting the nourishment it needs to exist and to be healthy. And the second person, the man of faith that we see here, he thrives like a tree planted by a stream, healthy, strong, and vibrant, effective in growing what it was created to produce, fruit. And so the people of Judah, they heard this word of prophecy, but they chose to ignore it. And they continued to live in unfaith. They paid the price for that. God corrected them by sending them into exile. This was a painful thing for them to experience, but this is how God worked in their lives, that they would turn back to him, to believe him in faith. That was the result of their self-reliance, this discipline, this correction. And self-reliance, it's such a trap for us, isn't it? It's a trap. We know that we should avoid it, but it's so hard for us not to fall into it. Thankfully, Scripture reveals to us an alternate path, and that's what I want to focus on tonight. And that path is living by faith. Daily essentials for living by faith. Paul writes about uh, what it means to live by faith in his introduction to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1, verses 16 through 17 read, I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And so the first thing Paul is emphasizing there is the basis of our faith. And that is that God saves sinners by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteous will live by faith. But he's also saying that the gospel not only saves Christians, but it informs the way that we view our lives on an everyday basis. Because of Christ, the righteous will live by faith. We'll walk out our steps in trust in God. And how does that happen in our lives? Let me tell you a story. Every winter, my wife and I like to do two things around Christmas time. In the two or three weeks leading up to Christmas and New Year, we like to eat every bit of junk food we set our eyes on. Like, I eat enough dessert to feed an elementary school for like a two-week period of time. I love desserts, and I just let myself go over Christmas. And then in the month of January, um, we feel guilty about all the junk food we've eaten, and we feel sick all the time, and so we like discipline ourselves and create some rules on how we're going to eat healthy. I imagine I'm not alone in that. Most of you, I know your moms are some good cooks. I know I'm not alone in that. And so I remember a few years ago, we did this diet called the clean diet. 
and the clean diet meant we couldn't eat sugar, uh, we couldn't drink caffeine, I couldn't have my nightly beer, um, what else couldn't we have? No gluten, um, yes, evil gluten, watch, your, watch out. Um, we couldn't have any fun. Um, and, so, and so this diet, like, it worked great for a period. Like, I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, man, like, I'm ready to go. Um, I wouldn't be, like, as sore. It was crazy. But I have to be honest. Like, in the day, all, during the day, all I could think about was what I was not eating. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I would kill someone for a piece of bread. Like, all, I want, like, all I want is bread. I don't care if there's anything on it. Um, so it was, I felt great, but it was totally unsustainable. The way that I eat in regular life is focusing my mind on eating healthy foods. And if I focus on eating healthy foods, then by default, I'm not going to be eating ho-hos and french fries for every meal. And I find that when I do that, it's much more sustainable. I end up eating healthier, and I can carry it out for a much longer period of time. That is, it works so much better to focus on doing something healthy than not doing something unhealthy. So in that same, uh, in that same way that I just described there, that dynamic, when we think about living in reliance on God, living by faith, trying to will ourselves to avoid self-reliance, it just doesn't work. What we have to do if we want to live by faith isn't just will ourselves to avoid self-reliance. We need to focus our eyes on the gospel. We need to seek Christ and to direct our focus on Him. As Paul says in this passage, the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So the good news saves us and it keeps on saving us in our everyday living, living by faith, walking our lives out and trust in God is about remembering what Christ has done for us. It's about remembering the depth of our need and looking at how sufficiently God has provided for our need in Christ. It's about letting the good news seep, seep into our hearts and change our perspective on our lives, to change our perspective on our circumstances. Because when we focus our hearts on the grace that, when, that we've received in Christ, we don't want to live in a way that places ourselves at the center, do we? We remember what's truly of value. We remember what life is really about. So we're to set our focus on Christ. We're in a battle against self-reliance. Even when we know the trap that it is, it's going to be a struggle for us. It's going to be a struggle that we wrestle with for the rest of our lives to live by faith. But here's the good news. At least we know now that it is a struggle for us because we can be totally unaware of the way that we harm ourselves when we live by self-reliance. We, we neglect to even see the fact that we're drying up when we depend on ourselves, that we're hurting ourselves, that we're harming ourselves by living in unfaith. And so self-reliance is a lifelong battle. We don't overcome it with a one-time decision. We can't just learn the lesson, oh yeah, I'm going to trust God and now I'm good for the rest of my life. We need to trust Christ and not self in our everyday living as we continually look to the gospel. If we're going to see victory over our sin and live by faith, we need to root ourselves in the truths of the gospel on a daily basis. And that's what I want to talk about for the last part of this message. Those daily essentials for living by faith. They're not ends in themselves, but I want to share with you two avenues through which God can work in your life in a profound way. 
to root you in the truth so that you can live by faith on a day-to-day basis instead of just wake up in the morning and default to relying on yourself. They're not means of gaining salvation or gaining more favor from God. Because if you've trusted Christ in faith, you could not have God's favor any more than you already have it right now. Because that's dependent on what He has done for you, out of His love for you, by His grace. But these are avenues through which He can work in your life so that you can live in faith. That you can show people what a life changed by the power of the gospel looks like. And that God's spirit would be what you rely on in your day-to-day living. That He would live through you. And these two practices, these are things that I start out almost every single day with. It's important to me to be honest with you, and that's why I just said almost. I start almost every day with these. But I'm also going to be honest with you and say this. There's a big difference in the way I walk through my day when I start with them versus when I don't. When I don't start my day with prayer and with time studying the Bible... I walk through the day and I say, what, what do I need to do today? What does Josiah need to do to make for himself the life that he is supposed to live? It's my default way of operating, so I need to root myself in these two practices. And the first I just mentioned is daily reading of Scripture. Daily reading of Scripture is about learning and remembering the truth about who God is and what he's done. And so that's what knowing That's what knowing the truth is about. We don't just learn it. We need to remember it. I have got to go back and remember the same things over and over because I'm so quick to forget them. We get in the Word to allow God to shape us by it as His Spirit speaks to us. He speaks to our hearts because the Word, it teaches us and it guides us. Psalm 119 reads, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love that. Without the word, we can totally go in the wrong direction, like I do when I'm um, aimlessly swimming about in lakes, running into my um, fellow triathletes, going in the wrong direction. We can't live our faith without it. We need that guide, or we'll follow our own way. We'll go in the wrong direction. And so the word, it serves to correct us. It provides guardrails for us that keep us from slipping back into self-reliance. It guards us from failing to believe the truth. It encourages us. It provides us with nourishment. Like our passage in Jeremiah tells us, if we want to thrive in our lives of faith, we need to be nourished. And so we root ourselves in the Word, like that tree by the stream. When you read Scripture, make sure you you let it point you back to the good news, because it's through God's provision of Christ and His gift of the Spirit that we have new life and, and the power of God inside of us, the Spirit inside of us, to transform us to the image of Christ. It's only through the Spirit that we can become the people He's made us to be. And so our goal in reading Scripture is not just to learn about God, it's to have an interaction with God, to be transformed by the Word, not just to learn about Him. I love the way Paul talks about the Word. He says, the Word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So, God speaks through it to get to our hearts. He uses it to get to the middle of us. And so we read scripture every day to transform us, that we might be rooted in the gospel. And that is, that's absolutely essential to living by faith. We've got to be in the word every day if we want to live by faith. Second practice is daily prayer. The New Testament, it teaches that through faith in Christ, we're adopted into God's family. And He loves us as His children. 
And so we may know that, we may know that in our heads, but we go about our days distant from Him, don't we? God doesn't want us to live distant from Him. He doesn't want to just see us on the weekends when we show up at church. He wants to be involved in our daily lives, our everyday living. He cares about us deeply. He wants to be in the middle of what we go through and to bring our needs to Him. Luke chapter 11, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He's saying that God loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to bring our concerns to Him. He wants us to bring our needs to Him. So we come to God with confidence, knowing that He'll provide all that we need for us to live by faith. And prayer, it's about so much more than just having our needs met. It's a way of having our hearts changed. It liberates us from self-reliance. What better way to overcome self-reliance by coming to God in prayer? If we're going to come to God in prayer, we're acknowledging His presence with us and His power at work in our lives. And so here are three things that I want to encourage you to think about when you come to God in prayer. Remember how it is that you're able to do so. That, that leads us to begin prayer with repentance, admitting that we're broken people, we're sinners in need of God's grace. So we begin prayer admitting our need and trusting Christ in faith. That's how we begin prayer. The second is ask God to reorder your perspective on life according to the reality of his lordship. So recognize that God's in control. God's in charge. He's good. He's, he alone is fully wise. He alone has a full wrap around our circumstances. We don't know all that we need. God is our eternal provider. He's eternally with us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And last is present your request to God. Bring Him your cares. Bring Him your concerns. Knowing full well that He is powerful to act. Ask for His power to be displayed in your life for His glory. An author I really like, his name is Jack Miller. He's a pastor and a seminary professor. He was a pastor and a seminary professor. And he tells a story in one of his books of how he actually resigned from a church he was pastoring and the seminary at which he was teaching. I want to share with you an excerpt from one of his books. Neither, he writes that neither the church members nor the seminary students were changing in the ways that he hoped. He didn't know how to help them, and so he quit his job and moved to Spain. Who doesn't want to quit their job and move to Spain? Um, and so he spent weeks in Spain, just depressed, lamenting his situation. And through that time, he says he came to realize a few things. He'd been motivated by personal glory and the approval of people, rather than being motivated only by God's glory. And the second thing he realized is that he'd been trusting in his own abilities, rather than in God's promises and the power of the Holy Spirit. He writes that a turning point for him came when he realized that his motivation for ministry had been all wrong. He'd been relying on the wrong person to do his work himself. He came to understand that what he had been called to do was far too big for, to, for him to accomplish on his own strength. He writes, I had relied heavily, sometimes almost entirely, on my mind as a Christian thinker and on my hard work as a pastor. Prayer and reliance on the Holy Spirit were dispensable supplements for my ministry. 
prayer and reliance on the Spirit were dispensable supplements. He'd come to see that his pride and self-reliance were keeping him from having a significant part in the greater work of Christ. Doing Christ's work involved doing it Christ's way, and that meant giving up all dependence on himself, acknowledging how poor in spirit he was, and then relying exclusively on Jesus and his gift of the Spirit. And so the question I want to finish with is this. Do you know what you need to bring to the table every day to live the life that God created you to live? Do you know what you need to bring to the table every day to live the life he created you to give to live? What you need to bring to the table is faith in Christ and reliance on the Holy Spirit. That's what you need. All that you need in Christ, you already have. He's given you himself fully on the cross. He pours out his spirit on you. Remember the gospel. Pray for the spirit. Rely on the spirit. Lean into him. Every day. That's what it means to live by faith. Bible study and prayer are such gifts from God to help us to be people who trust Christ rather than rely on ourselves. And so make the most of them. Rely on those gifts to live by faith. Band's going to come forward, and we're going to sing a song. Is it opportunity for us to reflect on God as our provider, the one on whom we can depend? And so, why don't we pray together now, and then respond in worship? God, I thank you for your word. You show us where our hope is found when we rely on ourselves, God. When we look to ourselves for everything that we need. To be the people who you've created us to be. People who honor you with the gifts you've given us. The abilities you've given us. The opportunities you've given us to make your glory known. When we look to ourselves and our own strength, God, we dry up. We falter. We're, we're weak, God. We need you. Um, Father, our hearts are so quick to turn inward and to be driven by selfish desires. By selfish ambitions. God, would you transform our hearts that we would look to you. That we would seek your glory and not our own. Would you help us to depend on you and not self-will? Would you help us to be people who continually look to your word to sustain us? To be our source of life. To be the truth that directs our paths in our everyday living. God, would you stir us up to be people of prayer who rely on you. Who bring to you our needs. Who look to the spirit to give us what we need. To serve you, God. And so as we respond together in song right now, uh, would you just do a work in our hearts? Would you humble us to be people who aren't ashamed to be on our knees asking for you to provide, God, but to be people of faith, to be people who live by faith, that we're just overjoyed that we have a God who loves us so much that you want to be a part of everything that we do. We pray this together in Jesus' name.